Welcome to Looking for the Cars, where we talk about everything cars. Every episode is about cars. Somehow, we manage to watch a car short every episode that we do. I'm Mark. I'm a car. I'm joined by Danny Carr. Danny, how are you doing today? You know, I'm doing good because I watched a car short I like to some degree. Oh, really? But I also watched a Monsters U short that I didn't like to some degree. Oh, why not? Because it was a gag short and it wasn't emotional enough? So, alright, we can get right into it. My problem with the Monsters U short <laughs> is I don't think it makes any sense. Uh, you know how I was saying Monsters U as a movie works when you don't think about how it connects to Monsters Inc. Unfortunately, with this short, when you think about how it connects to Monsters U, you just get more and more confused. And yeah. a short film needs to like actually be able to exist in the world of the larger film. Unless it's like, you know, unless it's like a Mater's Tall Tales where it's obvious like they're goofing around, right? But in the world of Monsters U, it like, I'm just so confused because the Disney Plus description tells me it takes place after the movie. And I feel like the setup is logically, okay, this is after the movie, Welcome Incoming Freshman. It's the year after they get expelled. That's fine. And my console, you're visiting. The problem is, I don't understand why Uzma Cap is at the bottom of the social thing when they were the comeback kids of the last year. That makes no sense to me. And then, yeah. also, I don't get how Mike and Sully get the doors when the Monsters U make such a big deal out of these doors are really hard to access and make. And I'm just very bothered by it. Yeah, they're treating these characters like they're television characters who you can just, you know, stick into any event that you like instead of how it was in Monsters U, where I really thought the whole story was contained inside of the film. That All that being said, and I agree with that, I think that it was fun to watch them explore this premise. That's all. I do like, I always like portals, right? Portals are always fun. But like, yeah. I don't know. I remember so I, don't, I saw this. I don't know this... if we've. What? I don't know if you've actually explained yeah, the portal to... mechanic they used there. It. I was literally about well, to say it. I, okay. For, anyway, here we are. The portal mechanic is that you know how the doors connect the monster in the real world. Well, the monsters figure out that if you put two doors on either sides of a human bedroom, you can use them to connect two points in a monster world. But so, this doesn't make any sense how they got these doors. Because Monsters U also sets up that the way the door class works where they make the doors is they basically make a door and then they find out where it goes to. So the likelihood of them having two connecting closet doors to me is just so like, I know it's cartoon logic, but also Monsters Inc. and Monsters U still follow a basic level of logic of how these doors work. And this short just throws it out for a good gag. Which, mm -hmm. I understand the appeal to that as like a filmmaker, as like a cartoon maker specifically, where it's like, I want to make something funny. But I'm just like, the Monsters Inc. and Monsters U, not all the rules jive, but the ones that do, like, make a lot of sense. Like, the door stuff, the the scream, laugh stuff, all that makes sense to me. And they both yeah. work together with each other. Like, there's nothing in Monsters U that really, like, undercuts what Monsters Inc. It's like, here's how the actual rules work. My issue with the connection of the worlds in those movies is Monsters U's world is much more like american like you know what i mean it's not like putting in too much effort and thinking like how monsters of different sizes would fit there you know stuff like that or like why is that american? i never mentioned this in monsters you one thing that one cutaway monsters that always bothers me is the cutaway to the football game 
Or I'm like, why would these monsters even have football? Why isn't it just a completely different sport? Well, I actually think that's acceptable because Monsters, Inc., by having restaurants and, and, and places that are capable of being incorporated is already a dark mirror of the human world but it's not though it's not like like they should do something where it's like calvin ball or quidditch you know what i mean it should be like a game that we can easily grasp onto but isn't just american football and the gag is each football player is bigger than the other i just disagree i think i think that that is the joke and it's the same joke they did at the harryhausen restaurant you don't you only need to change a few things and it becomes the difference is harryhausen doesn't make sense to joke when you're a child the football joke does. I uh, what? When you're a child, I, you have no idea what a Harryhausen's is. You have no idea what this type of restaurant is. You never been out to Hibachi when you were five years old. But I just don't see why one making sense negates the other. I think the football joke is really bad. You can't argue it for me. I think it's the worst joke in Monsters U. Okay, I guess it's the worst joke in Monsters U. I rule it. Anyway, what I was trying to transition to before uh, talking about the portal stuff was. Party Central released in 2014, in March of 2014, attached to Muppets Most Wanted. I will say it's better than the other Pixar short that was attached to a Muppet movie, because I do like this more than Small Fry. Um, it's still funny, you know? Like, I'm not gonna, like, be so hot hung up on, like, I don't understand why Mike and Sully would act like this, where I'm like, there's still, like, some clever gags here and there in this. But don't you think that I'm just thinking about the ending because Squishy's mom is at the ending. Don't you think that it was an interesting explanation for a human phenomenon of when they set everything on fire in the monster world and then the humans look through the door and it looks like hell and then the human adults freak out and that's the end of the short? I like that this short actually gave us something about the relationship between the worlds like how Monsters You could end with an explanation of Bigfoot, you know? Okay, but first off, Monsters U ends with an explanation of the Yeti. Um, second, uh, uh. they're different. They're different cryptids. Get it right. Um, second, my issue then still comes down to character, and I'm bothered by this because of character. And the reason I say this is, I think Mike and Sully, even with the rowdy versions of themselves they are in college. I don't buy they're the people with this idea. I think the entire thing would be easier for me to buy into if it was like Art doing it. Oh, like, yeah. Art was like, look what I got from the door lab. And then like, Yeah, you know, but I think it would be unlikely for them to do a short about characters who aren't Mike and Sully. I'm not saying Mike and Sully can't be there. I'm saying that Mike, I, I think that Mike would be like, I think this is a bad idea because Mike's like, you know, still the stickler for rules. And then, mm-hmm. so I'd be like, nah, I think this is a good idea, Art. Good good job, you know, type of thing. That's really the whole thing, is I don't buy that Mike goes along with this, like, very reckless thing after he just, like, they're still dealing with the trauma of visiting the human world at the end of Monsters U. Oh, I get you. Well, yeah, this is a short about college life, which is... It's rated uh, PG for reckless be- is... some reckless behavior. I wanted to say that. Yeah, you can jump off the roof. Like you can do as a child. And this short is just kind of decorated like a Monsters, Inc. property. It's really just about college antics. So so it's like Monsters, yeah. No, um, I'm joking because I like Monsters. We, we were positive on Monsters, you. I wanted to say, I did notice two names in the credits. Will be important. One of them is that the story is by Adrian Molina, which surprised me. Because I like Adrian Molina. But also, I can't blame him for a short. 
Adrian Molina goes on to write, co-write, co-direct Coco, and then is currently working on Elio. But more interesting for me is because you remember how we said we did, um, what did we do recently where we watched, um, I don't remember. I think it was like we watched Elemental and something else very quickly. No, we watched something Pete Stone did and something else very quickly in rapid um, succession, but I can't remember what. But mm-hmm. this is directed by Kelsey Mann, who's the man who's directing Inside Out 2. So this is like, for 2024 Pixar, this is the intersection. Because Elio and Inside Out 2 are next year. Ah. Uh, that's all. Now we can see what they're made of. Yeah, and you know, I remember sarcastically going, oh, Kelsey, man, that's a good choice for Inside Out 2. And then I saw it was a man named Kelsey, and I was like, oh, well, never mind. Because I just always am like, one of the big issues it was Inside liter- Out... It was literally right there. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like that was a big criticism of Inside Out 1. was like, it might have been nice to have like a woman behind the camera... So I was like, oh, cool, they're addressing this. And that's the director's name was Kelsey. And I was like, oh, never mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I don't know anything about Inside Out 2. It seems like... You know, that Bill Hader and but... Mindy Cave aren't back. Well, that's the one thing that I know is all of the unfortunate news related to Inside Out 2. So I know a lot of people are disappointed that they're not returning i feel like and, uh i feel like there yeah. were a lot of people who are also just disappointed by like the existence of an inside out too i don't think that's really Why? when people are asking i think in general you know pixar sequels aren't really things people are like cheering for anymore <clears throat> i think people would be down for like anymore i mean when they announced toy story 5 was in development most people were like really like again come on i think like incredibles 3 people would be like oh yeah sure or like even like a finding nemo 3 people would be like okay sure but I think when it comes down to, like, stuff that hasn't been sequelized yet, I think most people are okay. You know? Yeah, I'm just I'm just surprised that you say that people are now opposed to sequels, but I personally have always disliked them. I mean, sure, but remember, there was a point in time where we got, like, Incredibles 2 announced, and people were really hyped. That's what I mean. Or, like, when Toy Story 3 was announced, people were like, Oh, yeah, finally! And even Dory, where people were like, a Finding Nemo sequel, really? People were still, like, pretty open to it, you know? Now we got to the point where people are like, no, we don't even want that at all for these unsequelized properties. They're fine. I think people would be excited Mm -hmm. for, like, a Monsters Inc. sequel. I think that's it. And I I say sequel, very importantly. I don't Mm -hmm. think a Monsters U follow-up or another prequel would get, like, excitement. But I think if they finally announced a Monsters Inc. 2, that might, like, gain some, like, interest from people. What if they got younger and they made like monster babies? Monster Elementary, and yeah. this this time Billy Crystal does play five year old Mike. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I guess I don't know. Uh, <laughs> stuff like this kind of is the thing that I was worried about in Monsters U, where I'd watch this college movie and not connect with it, and now I'm not actually not connecting with Party Central because even though I liked the fantasy of Monsters U where everything was sunshiny and fun. I feel like the party experience of college is so incredibly negative that uh, I just, I mean, or at least it was for me. I can't see it depicted in a short film and not feel a little bit weird. I just remembered some of your college experience. Don't say, obviously, because it's your experience. But I was like, oh yeah, you did have some rough college parties back then. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm wondering about like, how I need to listen to people I admire talk about their college days so I can think about 
how I would go about it. But I just remember that anytime I went to a big party with people that I didn't know, the vibes were very weird. And then there was a time when I was going to parties with people that I did know. And that was the thing that led to me getting a concussion while extremely drunk. So even though, I mean, I liked a majority of the people who were at those kinds of things, I think that it's not, I don't know, I just don't even understand why it's something that people enjoy. But I was also never really in those crowds, like I was never part of a fraternity or anything, and I wasn't really into parties of that. I don't know, I can, I'm wonder if it is useful to be specific, but I know that if I, there was someone I knew that was like throwing parties because they were like trying to impress younger women and i mean we've gone to parties too where you'll know you'll go around with this group of people and then you just kind of absorb conversations from afar and you learn like oh that guy is you know he's got this thing wrong with him and this guy's got this thing wrong with him and no one is ever there to just drink and dance which is why I much I preferred going to punk shows and actually like going to a party. I feel like a punk show is a good memory versus the party experience. But I don't know. I actually don't uh, have a bad. I don't have a bad memory of the things that led to me being horribly injured and like start taking uh, antidepressants and really doing serious therapy and stuff like that because it was actually me doing really irresponsible things and being very sad around people that I felt very attached to but then outside of that just parties in general are not like I I don't know it's it seems like just a way to get into weird confrontations with other people I don't know when I was in college I would always go to these theater parties and I'd be like you know, I was thinking about that also randomly. Did you see, did I send you that thing where it was like, people are voting on a prom, and like, Barbenheimer is an option, and like, The Hunger Games is an option, I was like, I was looking at that, I was I like, oh, I kind of miss these like, dress up parties. Can you imagine like, the Barbie parties we'd be having, like, at school right now? Oh, I didn't really dress up, and I mean, I still don't really dress up. I'm, I dressed up I as don't know. sad Keanu Reeves for thing. the meme party, that's what I remember. And I believe it was the meme party where this story happened, because I do remember him dressed up as said Keanu Reeves doing this story. <laughs> um, but um, Did you really commit to it, or did you just, like, hold a handkerchief or something? They'd be like, what are you? And then I would just sit on, like, a, I would sit, like, on the outdoor bench and look sad for a second. They'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> I also remember, like, the Halloween yeah, party like where that, everyone, actually. like, did something obvious, and I went as Jared Leto's character in Blade Runner 2049, because I had, had to grow out my beard for Narnia. So I got just some electrical tape from, like, the, the uh, lighting department and, like, glued it onto my, like, uh, spirit, uh, what's it called? Spirit gummed it to, like, my neck because that's what Jared Leto looks like in that movie. He has, like, a very thick beard wearing a back robe and he has, like, electronic tape on his neck, basically. And I was like, I'm Jared Leto in 2049. And everyone was like, what? And I, I pulled up the picture on my phone I'm like, Oh yeah, you did a good job. As soon as I did that, <laughs> I, I like that in both situations you've had to explain the costume you were wearing to people, but it always worked out 
Like it wasn't someone they just didn't know at all. Well, I the guess. thing with Sad Keanu, well, the thing with Blade Runner was like they didn't know Blade Runner, but when I showed them the picture, they were like, "Oh, okay, like yeah, you did a good job, like doing that." Whereas with Sad Keanu, people have seen the meme. It's just like you have to get in a very specific position to like show it off. Anyway, yeah. um, yeah. I should send you a picture of me in the um my Blade Runner. I saw that picture saved of me in that costume. You put me up. Oh yeah, please do. Um, yeah. I don't know. How do you how do you feel about parties in general? Well, I was gonna get to that, which is um. So I think about that stuff and like how I enjoyed theater parties. But I remember when there were parties at my house, I just get annoyed. Really, like I generally come in like I'd usually find a way to miss the beginning of it, and then I'd come back in school and like kind of hang out for like an hour and then try to go to bed and sleep. Which honestly, mm-hmm. I was pretty good at sleeping in a, like a party situation, even if it was was loud. So that was okay. That wasn't. It was only annoying when, like, Julius's room was right next to mine, and if he had people in his room, I'd be like, oh my gosh, please just move this to the living room, because the way their house mm. was set up was, like, there were very thin doors in between the rooms, too. So it was like, that door was messing me up more than the door actually outside of my room. But... Yeah. I'm not but, sure that house, now that I think about it, I, I would love to know how it was originally designed to be used because you had all of those bedrooms next to each other and I feel like they just I feel like they weren't supposed to be bedrooms. I feel like it was supposed to be a dining room and then the bedroom was supposed to be somewhere else. I mean, but I wouldn't be I surprised know. if that house is built for college because that school's been around there for for a while. Oh, maybe. That's, I mean, it's that's very something possible I hadn't even too. considered, but um, it was well. It was an old house, but I don't know. This it was really a nice house. Late over audio. We missed your mom's yeah. house. Someday, me and Julia should just go down there and like annoy the people who currently live there. Go like, this is our mom's house, and then they'll just be like, "What?" Do you know if everyone has moved out of there? That I guess yeah. it's been like five years. Definitely, we're all we're all out of Carbondale. Everyone who lives in that house with me is out of Carbondale. I don't know who lived after mm-hmm. me because I know you know someone had to take over for me when I left because I left before everyone else. Yeah, I know we're all gone. But what was I... No, what was I leading to? Okay, okay. But, like, I don't know. I feel like the thing about parties always was... Yeah, you get kind of miserable by yourself. Because you go there, you get drunk, you get excited to, like, hang out with people. And then you just get sad because you're not, like, actually hanging out with anyone. You're just there to be, like, the gag or, like, something that... And I generally always would find myself, like, sitting on, like, a couch after I was drunk for, like, an hour. Just kind of staring off in the distance. And people being like, why are you sad? I'll be like... And I was like, I don't want to get into it. And then I would leave and I'd just be sad. And then mm-hmm. I would remember what was it? What happened? No, what I was leading up to is though, you know, a month ago, I went to New York to partake in Barbenheimer. And although this wasn't a party, really, afterwards, all 18 of us went to a karaoke bar. And like, we, well, not a karaoke bar, like a karaoke room type of thing. Where we had rented out a room for like four hours. And I feel like the vibe, you know, like karaoke's vibe is kind of like a party. And I was just kind of like, this is actually like really nice, you know? Because also karaoke is kind of a setting where it's like, I'm a very performative person, you know? So it's like, here, you have turns to be like the center of attention. Mm. But then also you can just vibe a bit. And I don't know. I don't really know where I was going with this. Maybe it's just that parties make me sad, but I also miss them. Mm. I miss social interaction with other people. On a large yeah. scale. I miss where uh, people, like, you could, you know, you could, like, actually, like, meet someone at a party, too. Because that's also what the karaoke about. You know, because I didn't know a lot of those people. So it was like, we're doing karaoke, but also you can talk to these people you've never met before type of thing, you know? That's my least favorite part 
of parties is See, talking to people I've never met before. I don't know. I'm pretty pretty chill because the thing was also you know everyone who was there was cool enough to like go out to New York City to go see Oppenheimer. So it's like, okay, like, everyone here is at least somewhat in, like, the interest that I'm into, you know? Yeah, maybe that's, that's, I guess Which that's Which is why I didn't mind it. theater parties also, because it might be, like, people in our department that I didn't know, but it generally people yeah. who are like, we're all theater people, so we all like this. Whereas the parties at my house were, like, you know, hyper film people or people Julius knew through comedy, or, like, other people in our house knew through comedy, or, like, other adventures, and I was always kind of like, I don't really like meeting these guys because it's kind of like whatever, but yeah, I guess your mom's house is probably the better example. What? Why are you laughing? I don't know. It's just it, it's just funny to think about meeting huh. comedians in real life. Yeah, I just remembered uh, the time I got really mad at your mom's house, where my um, there was someone who get, had a set about how Elsa was gonna be gay in Frozen Two, and I was just like. Your set is based on lies. Disney's not announced anything. <laughs> what are you talking about? I didn't say that to them. But this was just what was running through my head the whole time. Because their whole set was prefaced on, Disney has announced that Elsa's going to get a girlfriend in Frozen 2. And I was like, they haven't. What are you talking about? <laughs> Honestly, that's a pretty good setup. I'm sad that they, I'm, I, I don't know. I'm, maybe I would have let them run with it, but I also know that they should have been were... like Disney. There's been talk that Disney might have Elsa have a girlfriend. That's how you do the exact same setup, and like the the jokes still work, and you're being accurate. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't say it like that. I feel like if you, I don't know, you you know what let's I mean. Workshop, let's work I, I feel workshop like these to jokes from 2016 how, or 2017. How <laughs> these these jokes two years prior to Frozen 2's release, that was getting Danny angry. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the coolest things I've ever seen happen was the time Julius started heckling that guy that was being offensive, and I forget exactly how um, he was. Like, Ju Julius was the manager of this comedy show. That was in my and house. It, it, Our house, really, because we lived together, yeah. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, there would be people who would come by a lot, and then there were people who you didn't know super well who would come by and do a, you know, everyone got kind of like five minutes or whatever. And I, it's just one of the few times that I've actually seen someone respond to what was going on on stage and say, like, you were, you were doing a bad job and this is wrong. And Julius put it actually in a little more of a, they, they put it in a way that they gave them an out. But yeah. you could tell that they were not going to be like this was not something that was acceptable that was happening in in their show, and I don't know. I just I, I think about that moment a lot. Like very cool because you can very easily go to one of these shows and then someone does something like that, and then it's like, well, why the fuck are we all here? What is the vibe of this room that I'm in that everyone is like collectively cool with what is happening on stage? I remember this time Julius got a run it for some reason at somewhere else. I don't remember where it was, but it wasn't at our house. And I think you or someone else was hired to record it because Julius last minute got called into Chicago for some family emergency. Um, mm -hmm. And during that show, someone said something like really offensive too. But I fought back and I was drunk and I was like, make like a Jordan Peele movie and get out. And everyone like applauded and laughed and the guy was like oh okay all right i'm done 
But then when you listen back to the video that was recorded for Julius, you just hear me whispering, I'm going to I'm gonna say this joke to them. I'm going <laughs> to do this. Because I was right by the camera. And I'm talking to the person next to me. was like, I'm going to say it. This person needs to stop. I'm going to say it. And Julius like, yeah, your joke was good. But like, I heard you in your play. <laughs> I don't think that was me. I remember some recordings were made, but I don't actually... I, I don't think I ever recorded the shows. But, no, that definitely wasn't me, because I don't remember that. I don't remember this that's, that's, it's really, that's really funny that... Oh, man. Yeah. I uh, Very cool that that happened. I don't know. My, my only like thing with those comedy shows I actually really liked was the time I hosted them, and everyone told me I should always host them. It's always just nice to hear mm-hmm. that you're actually funny. Especially when I, anytime I've tried stand up, I've been really bad at it. But like, I do think I, like I'm a pretty good like host of things, you know. Come on, do yeah. a bit and get kicked off. Yeah, I think that it's actually made. You know, I don't know. Actually, this might be a bridge too far, but it might be better if the host isn't trying to be funny, because I think that if you have you have good high energy, and I think you know when a bit is done or or if it's live like you know when it's time to end it and I, i've seen some people who are the hosts but they have jokes and sometimes it's like well they've prepared a joke and you have to sit through it and it kind of kills the momentum of the show but i think i think that you and the character that you had coming on was very good i just remember also like bringing out my lightsaber and like like a toy lightsaber I had, and Julius just like me doing a bit where I was like, "I'm gonna tag Julius with this," and then Julius just grabbed it, threw it against the wall, and it broke in half. And I was like, "This is amazing!" Like, well, it sounds like they might have been a little annoyed with you. With no, that. no, 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 no. It was definitely a bit because the next thing I did when I came on was like, so my father, when I was like seven years old, took me to Target. We were really poor, and he said you could buy one toy. And I picked up the shattered, like, lightsaber, and I was like, what's that toy? And now it's gone. And I was just like, and then, like, I just completely quiet for a second. People are waiting for the punchline, and I go, the next act is, and then I walk off. <laughs> well, but there you go. I mean, if, since, if you can, like, read the silence and then introduce the next act, that is actually like good hosting but well, i don't know like, i, don't know. Well, maybe, I was maybe aiming Julie for the silence i wanted to be awkward them. no no mark you sorry i want to get some credit here it's like i knew i was gonna get silence i was i was aiming for that and i got what i wanted it wasn't like an accidental like oh my joke bomb type of thing it was uh people were like oh this is awkward um because some people were chuckling because they knew it was a bit but then they're like okay so you know people are expecting more of a punchline from that i don't know this was also five years ago. I shouldn't still be proud about it. This is like when I like am at work and kids ask me about like how was high school theater and then I come no how well no not high school theater they ask me how what's like your favorite role and then I'll just go on a rant about how I lost the role of LeFou in <laughs> junior year of high school <laughs> and they'll be like and I'm like this happened about eleven years ago now and I'm still mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. Do you have any other thoughts about Party Central or anything, or should we talk cars? No, I did have Mm. a couple of her thoughts. And one of them is a transition to cars. But Mm. apparently this was supposed to be put out in theaters with The Good Dinosaur originally, and then it delayed The Good Dinosaur a year. 
pretty last minute. We'll talk about when the delay happened in the Good Dinosaur episode. Because 2014 is the first year in a while without a Pixar movie. And if I, if I remember right, I think it actually is the last year without a Pixar movie. It's 2014. I think since 2014, they have hit one every year. So, at least one every year. Mm-hmm. But, anyway. Um, the other thing I was going to say, which is related to this, is I find it really annoying, this got a theatrical release. I think it's so obviously, like, the DVD bonus feature. Um, mm-hmm. just because it's better than Mordu, and, like, more of an actual short film than Mordu doesn't mean it deserves, like, a big screen, right? I guess not. Um, I just think I'd probably, because I remember, again, I remember seeing this before, like, a Muppet movie, and I actually don't like Muppets Most Wanted that much, but I should revisit it, because that's one of those things where I'm like, I hate this movie I haven't seen since theaters, and I was expecting something different, so very possible it's a good movie, so I'm not, don't hold me to that, but, mm-hmm. anyway... I was like, mm. the thing that's also annoying is like, you can see on the wiki page, it premiered at D23 in August 2013, like two months after Monster G was done. So it's like, this short was done and ready for the DVD. They just held it back on it because it was too good for it. But I don't know. My other thing is, no, this was going to be my transition part. I actually think the Radiator Springs 500 and a half is more of a, okay, this is a short film that you could put in front of a movie type of thing. I think it's more of a concise mm. story that's a full arc i wonder about that if just in general they were kind of moving away from shorts that were like self-contained things i don't know when things like piper start getting made again so maybe that you know it'll come on i mean la luna was just the year before this oh well then i there's no excuse i have no idea (laughs) like and like if i remember right yeah lava is next anyway so well i don't know these monsters had some good reckless behavior they were pretty reckless. I think that, you know, jumping off the roof, I they broke a window, I they think. They stole, they kidnapped some women. That was disturbing. Yes, they did. They make a very big point of, we're grabbing women now, and it's not like, yeah, anyway. Well, they do say, I think it's <laughs> funny that... Where the girls they, at, is how they say it really loud. <laughs> I do think it's funny, though, that they've been using their teleportation technology, and they're like, where are the girls? And then you cut to the girls, and the girls are like, where are all the guys? Yeah, this is, that is actually a good gag. I, I, uh-huh. I would agree. Good gag. Wait, what am Should I talking we... about also with La Luna? We just talked about the blue umbrella like two weeks ago. Oh, yeah, I don't the know. Blue... <laughs> I don't know if this comes across for the listeners, but we've been stacking episodes together because Danny's about to go on this cruise. And so it just seems like we've been talking about Disney Channel Cars shorts for a week and we've been recording like every other day. So it's hard to think back to things that happened last week because it's like five episodes ago i just got really annoyed by the way i scroll to the you know okay so a little look behind the camera this is like my new catchphrase as i go a little look behind the camera even though we have no cameras on this show i guess it's a look behind the mic um Mm -hmm. and solely uh so i'm we always have wikipedia open during these shows or at least i do so i can be like here's some interesting tidbits and you know at the bottom of every wikipedia page for all these movies of course you know there's i don't know what you call it but you know how like there's that show and hide thing where it's like connected to everything like Monsters Inc. or connected to everything Pixar. I don't actually know what that's called. Like, you know what I'm talking about though, right? That big table. Yeah. The bottom of like every Wikipedia article. <clears throat> anyway, so the shorts are always organized by original, spark shorts, features related, and then like series, compilations, and other works. 
And what mm. I just noticed that bothers me is Carl's date is listed under original, even though it very clearly should be moved to feature related. And now I'm like, yeah. how do you fix that? Because you'd have to go like to the main table and like move it. But I'm like, mm-hmm. it's not original. It shouldn't be there. Yeah. Now I'm bothered. Wikipedia, what is wrong with you? You can fix them. You can fix them right now. How do I do that? Just, I don't know. What this in the episode is Danny trying to fix all the tables for a. Uh... Oh wait, wait. Okay, maybe I got it. Editing template Pixar. All right, all right. Carl's date. No, no, no. Don't do this live. <laughs> we should talk about cars. Cars. What? Cars. Cars. Anyway, our second short that we're here to talk about today is. Cars. Wait, wait, wait. Actually, wait, wait, wait. I'm not moving it, but I did enter the edit area, and I see that there's a note about it. That says, do not move Carl's date here. It's a part of the Carl short film series, not a standalone short. But in that case, where do you put it? Do you just remove it? I guess that would be the answer because, you know, the Cars tunes aren't all individually listed. Anyway, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's all well, I was saying. Was like, There is an answer here, I guess. So, anyway. Anyway, the second short we're here to talk about today is Cars. Tales from Radiator Springs, the Radiator Springs 500 and a half. I don't know if that's the actual title of the short we're talking about. It is the title. You're good. Before we get into Cars, let me apologize for our last Cars Tunes episode, where I implied that all of Jeremy Lasky's works, which is what we talked about, are not available on Disney+, Plus. because when I searched for this one, I discovered all of them are on Disney+. Plus. Mm, Yes. Why didn't you find them before? You were so sure. I don't know. Sure. I think I searched. So, what was the first one? Hiccups or bugged? I don't know. I think I just searched. I think they're under like you have to search like. Oh, you know what I think I did? I think I searched Radiator Springs, and I don't think they're actually listed as Radiator mm-hmm. Springs. I think they're listed as Cars Tunes bugged Cars Tunes. I think that's what messed me up because the other ones, the Mater's ones, are all list. You know, Mater's ones have all Mater's name in the title anyway. So you just search Mater, they all come up. But I yeah. think in this case, you can't search Radiator Springs to find them. Or you di- I did, yep. and there was only the 500 and a half one. So I just kind of assumed, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, well, there's one of the Tales of Radiator Springs, so I guess the other ones aren't here. Yeah. So this Tales from Radiator Springs, the Radiator Springs Cup this 500 and a half. the final Cars half. tune. The final Cars tune. There's not Cars on the Road? That's not a Cars tune. That's different branded, and also they don't come out. So this comes out in 2014. Cars on the Road doesn't come out, I think, until 2020. I've never seen them. 2022 so that's like like an eight-year break so to me i can say that's a different series okay because i did i'm checking because i did check the document before we came on just to be like dear god is this the end we are done for a, quite some time on car shorts the next okay. time we'll get one will be like the cars three dvd short you know which is a okay. dvd short not put out in theaters not put on disney channel just a short for the dvd so acceptable yeah. well this short, it's about the town of Radiator Springs. They're celebrating the discovery or invention of the town by Stanley. Lightning McQueen is dressed up as Stanley and some off-road cars come into town and they're like, we want to challenge Lightning McQueen to a race. And then Mater decides to send them on this path that Stanley... It took. is an accident. It is an accident, though. Well, yes. I, the thing is, it's not explained in the short, but... They're all going to celebrate the founding of Radiator Springs by driving through this path that Stanley drove on, but maybe not to, like, find Radiator Springs or to, like, it. it's not 
really clear how this is actually related to Stanley, even though one of the off-road cars says that Stanley took the path that they're supposed to be racing on. Anyway, Mater sends Lightning McQueen and them to race down this path that was going to be for their celebration, and he gives them bad directions, so they go off down this dark and scary path, and the joke of the short is, there's a good path, there's a bad path, and then the short ends. With, <laughs> and then Stanley the car comes back as a force ghost to smile at people like at the end of Brave. But they had the model done, you know, from Time Travel Mater, so it was like, aha. Alright, first off, we should also mention before we even talk about the short, that this is the final production of the very short-lived Pixar Canada. So, oh no, rest in peace, Pixar Canada. We liked you. Did they ever make anything, like, Canadian? No. Hmm. They only made, like, car shorts and Toy Story shorts. Oh. But they kept it in Canada. Well, okay. So, if you want to know about Pixar Canada, it was like there was a tax incentive to open, like, animation in Canada. Um, mm -hmm. Also, because Vancouver has a lot of CGI talent, and they they picked it there specifically also because time zone compatibility with the main studio in California... Initially, their plan was only for three years, and their only like thing was going to be make short films off characters that exist already. Yeah. But then they closed in October 2013, which means this coming out in uh, May 2014 was the final, you know, final project of theirs. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know this when and this was shown on Disney Channel. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. alright, so, my thoughts on the Raider Springs 500 and a half is they saved one of the, one of the, the Mater Private Eye is still the best thing we ever got out of the Cars tunes, but they did save a really good one for last, I would say. I actually really enjoyed this for the most part. There's one gag in this I both think is brilliant, but I also think they don't stick the landing on it in a way that really irks me, because I feel like it's right there and they should have done it. Um, mm -hmm. And then, like, also Owen Wilson is in this, which is fun to hear him actually yeah. like do lightning in one of these. But no, I like this because like it was like a full little like it, it had a full arc, good like at, like logical ending. You know, I enjoyed it. I thought it was very good. I disagree. That's I hated not... it. Wow. Well, there. Why? Now we're opposed. Why? Oh well, I don't know. I mean, it just none of, <laughs> none of it makes any sense. Like they, I really am. I am not telling you what the actual plot of this is because you have to make it up because what they say doesn't make any sense. Why are they all going on this joyride? Like are you bidding on how I was like, Monsters in Parisian makes no sense? I'm just no, I, 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 mean, I want to get to the point. Like, are you, is this a bit or are you being legit? Well, no, I think yeah, that's a good um, idea for a segment. But <laughs> But I think from the moment that Party Central starts, then you accept that it doesn't make any sense. And you're like, all right, I'm just going to rewire my brain to think of these guys as television show characters or just, you know, st stuck characters that we can just put in any situation. But with the Radiator Springs, I just don't think any of the parts connect to each other. Why are all the racers friends towards the end of the race? What is this a deal? Ex ex uh, experience. What What is the reality of Mater appearing in a speech bubble? 
to talk to people like what are the actual rules that's of that great. because he just that's one of seems the best to jokes. Come show up and do it that's one of the best jokes when he's like i can't remember where i am and then the maiden speech bubble appears to remind him yeah it's hysterical well, it's a good joke it's a good payoff to that like running thing where it's like Mater, it's like he's like oh thank you mate <laughs> like mm-hmm. i also I, posit that the key difference here between my annoyance of Party Central and any annoyance that I could get here, because I see where you're coming from, is that these Cars tunes have already existed in such like a cartoon logic world, and Cars Two as a film exists in that level too, and Planes, which we just watched, exists on the level too, where the Cars universe isn't really something I'm looking for, like a logical, consistent world in anymore. They've worn me down. So that way, when something comes along where it's like lightning goes on a race with these people, and it for some reason he's dressed up as Stanley and he's replaced his tie wheels like that, I'm like immediately like, okay, so this is one of those ridiculous ones. Okay, that's fine. The Cars world has well, already proved their elasticity in either being realistic in the first Cars or being goofy like Cars Two or the Cars Tunes. Well, that makes sense that the most famous person in town should dress up like a historical figure for some but kind of. But why would he change his wheels? Because that's something that they can do. It stopped. I yeah. also had the thought the while watching this that every character has like a different like paint job. So I do think this is one of those things where it's like, we're going to sell toys of everyone from this shirt <laughs> type of thing. Yeah. To, uh, I got that vibe. Yeah, I just... <laughs> it's It's just, that seems to be why this short exists. And I do think that some of the locations they go to are cool, and I think it's fun to see a haunted house cars. I mean, anytime we get to see that, even in Maters of the Ghost Light, I enjoy it. But I just, it's just not strung together in a compelling way for me. And then there are things like they, um, what is his name? The hippie bus asks, asks Mater. How much farther, Mater? And he's like, well, we're not out of the woods yet, first of all. Why did he say that? And then there's this really long pause. And then they exit the woods, and then he goes, oh, there we are. And it's fine, but, like, why is that pause so long? Why is the hippie bus complaining about how much further the journey is? The best thing in this short, and the thing where it misses the ending that's so obvious to me, is the drum roll it's not even guido it's just a forklift he like constantly is doing a dumb type of thing after doing every bad what a rim shot yeah a rim shot yeah yeah you're right i always forget what it's called uh you can put a rim shot like you put a rim shot into any like long-running show i'm gonna probably laugh like you can't do it consistently but you do like let's say there was like an episode of friends where like there's just a rim shot in the background that probably be my favorite episode of friends you know, like, I think the rim shot is a much better way of cueing me to laugh than, like, a um, laugh track. Because I genuinely think, like, the idea of these characters just having a rim shot there is funny. But the thing that got me mad is I was laughing at almost every rim shot one until they miss the obvious good joke. Which would be, because the rim shot's with Mater and everyone else. And when they get out of the, um, I forget what it's called, the tailpipe caverns. One of them goes, that was exhausting. And I was like, ooh, this is when, like, the rimshot guys just randomly be with them. And that would make this even funnier. 
But then he's not there. It just cuts away. And it got me really mad because I didn't think the rim shot was funny anymore. Once they missed that mm. one. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't I didn't receive this super warmly. I'm not sure that I can say many productive things about it. I turn it over to you. Rim shots are funny. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, well, yeah, that's something. Uh, do you have any other wisdom about this Do you not short? like rim shots? I don't mind rim shots. I just, it's like you said, it's, I just don't think it was executed in a way that would make me laugh. I mean, and was... I feel like the things that they rim shot are really inconsistent. I feel like sometimes it's <laughs> clearly a joke, and then other times Mater says something like, let's glow with the flow, and that gets a rim shot. See, but that's but also totally funny to me, because of... it's like, this guy, this rim shot guy is so like, I'm ready, I'm here, I'm ready for you guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like after we watched Omelette, now we can really talk about character animation and i feel like that if you had someone like the dog from omelet doing a rim shot and you always know their intention and it's super clear then i think that rim shot moment can be really funny but if you have another forklift guy who just kind of drives from one corner of the screen to another and you can ascribe some kind of motivation to him, but it's not actually clear, unlike we saw with Omelette, how this character is behaving. So I, I too think it's potentially funny if he's always there with the rim shot, but that's not actually supported in the animation. But the thing, the problem is more that he's not always there. Because as I said, every single, here's the whole thing. Here's the whole, the whole reason I like this short and I'm much more positive about it. Party Central. I watch Party Central. I'm kind of sitting there stone-faced the whole time because I'm so caught up. on like, why would Mike and Sully do this? Here, the rim shop happens. I actually laugh. The bit where Mater talks to his own speech bottle. I actually start laughing. This is a short that actually made me laugh. Ergo, I liked it. Mm. And the problem, though, is, as I said, the only, to me, real issue with the short is what I already expressed was that I laughed at every single rim shot until they missed the exhausted one. And when they missed the exhaustful one, it was no longer funny to me anymore. Because anytime they did it after, I was like, but these aren't, like, as good as the playing it after the exhausted would have been. Are you one of those people that doesn't like comedy films because they don't find them funny? What do you mean? Like, give me an example. I just mean there are a lot of people, and sometimes I include myself in this, that say, oh, I don't want to watch a comedy because I don't find the movies funny. No. I'm someone who, like, was always, like, the other day, I was on one of the apps, as they say, and I matched with someone, and they were, like, give me a movie you recommend, and I was, like, well, and they're, like, what, I was, like, what do you, what do you like, and I was, they're, like, comedy, I'm, like, can I go, and I was, like, well, I haven't seen this movie in 15 years, but I once watched Zoolander, like, three times in a row in one day, and I laughed throughout the entire thing all three times, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. It really, like, I mean, I'm going to like a movie depending on how much I laugh during it. But, like, Mm -hmm. it's not like I don't find movies funny, you know? I actually think it's very, and I was saying this, well, no, Julia said this to me, but other people have said too. One thing that is really refreshing also about Barbie's success with, I mean, there are many things that are very refreshing about Barbie's success. But one of them is, ah, yes, a movie where the primary, like, this is like a big movie that has one action scene, which is played for laughs. And it's primarily, if it's any genre, it is, like, a big, dumb comedy. And it's huge. 
And that makes me happy that a big dumb comedy is doing well. Especially mm-hmm. when, like, No Hard Feelings does... Like, no Hard Feelings did okay, but it didn't do great, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, going to the movies to laugh is fun. Yeah. But I'll probably laugh more at a movie in a theater than at home. Which is why I was surprised I was laughing so much at this. Yeah. But I'm just saying that, like, I didn't go to Barbie actually thinking that I would laugh. And I actually found Barbie very funny. And I actually found Zoolander very funny, but it's that's another movie that I watched out of some kind of sense of historical obligation. I, and many people that I know, have said that they don't like going to comedy films because it might just be work, and you don't know if you're going to laugh or not. I mean, I generally like look at reviews, I see my general taste on it. I don't know. I look at some things where it's like, there are some like acclaimed comedies that I watch, and I'm like, I don't get it. Like pop star, mm-hmm. I don't get pop star, and because of that, mm-hmm. I've never watched Hot Rod, so I don't get. Pop I hear star. Hot Rod is special. Well, I heard that about Pop Star too, and I wasn't into Pop Star, other than like mm. the gay rights song, which admittedly is hilarious. But I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know either. I I kind of this is something that I've heard from a lot of people, and so I'm a little like, oh, you don't feel this way. Uh, what well, I think is all interesting right. about like comedies, in particular, is when. And this is something I think we might have even mentioned before. Is like there are a lot of people who are like labeled comedy filmmakers that I don't actually find like that funny, but I like them. Like I'm thinking like Edgar Wright. I don't think I really actually find many of his movies like that funny, but I like The World's mm-hmm. End and I like Hot Fuzz, you know? Or mm-hmm. like a big one that Hot comes Fuzz to mind, which I think most people will be like, Danny, that's not actually a comedian, a com- comedic filmmaker, but I feel like. Normal people call him funny, if that makes sense, like non-film people. But oh, people are like, Wes Anderson's a great comedian. And I'm like, I guess. I guess I, I, I crack smiles during his movies. But it's not like I watch the mm. Royal Tenenbaums and I'm laughing my ass off the entire time, right? I don't know. I actually might describe Wes Anderson as a comedy filmmaker. But yeah, I, I wouldn't go to see him. I go to see to... him to cry. I would go to see him to laugh, which is maybe a weird thing to say about someone who does comedy. You want to talk about Cars at all? trying to think about this short. I don't know. Like, again, it was the rim shots to me and the imagined spots to me that made it. Mm -hmm. Play with, like, that, like, dumb level of cartoon thing where it's, like, a little self-acknowledging. I'm always going to like it a bit, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, It's like when SpongeBob rides the balloon bubble to the next scene. I, well, I don't know. I like that. I just think it's, again, it's about, you know, someone could be listening to this and hearing how it sounds, but then you see it in action and you see how often they break the rules of that. Do you think SpongeBob doesn't work because they break the rules? Well, no, but I also think that's a ridiculous thing to say in response to what I'm saying. I'm saying that, like, you watch Mater in the Bubble and you can imagine, so, like, you're probably imagining that they're remembering Mater explaining the route earlier in the film. And then Mater will break to talk to them in the present time. But that's not what happens. He's always talking to them when he's in the speech bubble as though he's right there. And I could go back and watch more things about it, but I just thought that was such a bizarre choice for them not to have him actually not to have them actually remembering Mater t- explaining the rules of the race 
but he's just there I talking think... normally. He's not even doing a voice like go through the spooky caverns or something I, like that. I he's just like go through the spooky caverns. What's really interesting here is we've watched now about 15 14 or 15 of these car shorts. And here the very first time I ever find Mater the tow truck funny, you're like, nah, this isn't this isn't how Mater's jokes work. <laughs> it's not Mater's jokes. This is just I don't think this joke works this way. You don't think it's funny when Mater is just like we were we were smashing mailboxes, which is still the funniest thing Mater has said. That's not funny at all. I mean, I think Mater's funny in okay. Cars 2, to be clear. I think Mater's hilarious in Cars 2. In a Kid. way, we are like the Planes movies versus the car movies, and that, that our tastes mean? in Mater is inverted in the ways that those plots are inverted. Oh, okay. I was a little concerned. I thought you were like, much like, uh, much like the Planes movies, my opinion on Mater is superior to yours, Danny. <laughs> what like the much like cars is way better than planes <laughs> my opinion oh, on mater is way better than yours that's where i thought you were leading with it oh no no i don't no i don't remember what we talked about during the planes episode but i don't remember calling it better than cars and i don't i don't think that's something that would have escaped my lips but anyway i wanted to point should out we go something. have lunch Wait, oh, okay. I want to point out something that I think is kind of cool that I want to make sure I'm right about. Yeah, I am. Oh, this is sad. Well, I'm going to give you my fun fact and I'm going to tell you the sad fact. This short, this short is directed by Rob Gibbs, who I recognize the last name. I looked it up and it's right. His daughter is Mary Gibbs, who is, of course, Boo. I say, of course, Boo, because her names are on, like, the drawings in that movie. Where it's like she drew oh. the actual drawings and like she gives a line, so it's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's also a production baby in Toy Story Two. However, mm-hmm. and this is like the sad thing to me because I noticed it on her page is Rob Gibbs passed away in 2020 at age 55. Uh, no mm. cause of death available. He has a film that looks like was in development. We I've never. I've never heard of it. Um, I'll look into it to see if, the, if there's any chance it gets finished, because we'll add it to our detours list. But anyway, no, yeah, that's sad he died. I didn't realize that. Maybe we should wrap things up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know what I'm giving Party Central, at least. Okay, cool, cool, cool. you want to explain to the listeners what we do? I don't yeah, think a lot of people like to give films things. They like to give them th- th- thumbs up, star reviews, numbers. We don't like to do that. We like to give films actual things, like physical objects or something else. Danny, what do you have in mind? All right. Well, first off, I will give it, but I will say I don't think his movie's ever going to be completed because it was announced in 2016, and then there was never an update on it until... He like passed away, and they're like, he's still working on this movie, so we'll we'll see if it ever emerges. Anyway, I'm gonna give yeah. Party Central a. Well, I'm gonna give Mike Wazowski a spot at your mom's house. Obviously, a little slot for him to do his little stand-up routine. I mean, that's the logical. Very cool. I think that's a lot. Isn't he a lounge singer in the world of the films? Uh, yeah, 
Yes. Monsters, Inc., you're saying, Mike? Yeah. No. He does stand-up. Oh. the laugh floor. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, and. I... Well, no, I mean, I'm trying to try say it. I just don't remember it. All I remember is the video of him singing. So, you know, whatever. I, I don't know. And the laugh floor when we watched it was so blurry. Who knows what happened? Um, I guess am we gotta watch going... the TV show. Uh, what TV show? Monsters at Work. Mm, okay. <laughs> I'm going to give these films... Um, I've been watching clips of old comedians recently, and I, I think what got me into this was listening to some interview with Colin Mockery, and he was talking about influences, and he mentioned Jonathan Winters, and I realized that I had never seen nor heard Jonathan Winters before, and I don't know if maybe people don't actually know who I'm talking about, but I'm sh I know that some people definitely do, and... I would love to give these films some clips of Jonathan Winters on Johnny Carson because um, he's just so surprising and fun for me. But I'm going to give them some paintings that Jonathan Winters came on one time and was trying to sell that he made. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, don't worry about it. I want to oh. give these films Jonathan Winters paintings. I also forgot to say, Radiator Springs 5, 100 and a half can have the extra rim shot that it needs so the joke works. Yes. Now, okay, great. So what do we do next time? We are getting our spooky season on a little bit early. We're going to talk about Toy Story of Terror, a 22-minute Halloween special about Toy Story that I remember really liking. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. Sounds good. I'm looking forward to Halloween in September. I'll be real. I think this is one of the, I think both like specials that um, Toy Story got, I feel like they're very tangentially related to the holiday in question. Basically, Toy Story Terror is like, why do we put the Toy Story characters on something that's aiming to be a little spooky? Whereas, like, mm -hmm. I don't like the Christmas one at all, and it's because it barely relates to Christmas. Um, and we'll get to that when we talk about the Christmas one, so... Oh, oh, you've seen that? And we spent that whole episode talking about ideas for a Christmas special with Toy Story characters? I mean, I'll be real. If you've seen, when you watch Toy Story that time forgot, you'll be like, how is this a Christmas special much like I am? Mm hmm So. Okay. Well, Looking for the Ocean is produced by Mark Young and Danny Vincent. The show is edited by Mark Young. Our original artwork was done by Sarah Knopf. You can follow us on social media at Looking for the Ocean, Instagram at Looking for the Ocean Pod, Twitter at Pixar Journey, and on our website, LookingfortheOceanPixar.com. And you can find me on MarkYoungPerformer.com, and it also has my socials, and my Instagram is MYoungInsta. You can follow me, Danny, on Letterboxd and Links, listen to whatever podcast, The Snub Club, talk about the movies with the most Oscar noms, and no wins. So Did you freeze? Spooky season. Yes. Whoa. I never freeze.